0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Hey, what's up? You know, if you're if you're a uh, a normal listener, what is normal? I don't need somebody shut the fuck up. Sorry, I got those fucking people's voices in my head now. What is, who are you to, oh. Um, if you're a normal listener, a regular listener of this podcast on Monday or on, on Sunday, I told you that I, 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 I done told you that I was recording the podcast because, 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 because I was getting my second vaccine shot. Yeah. <speaking in Spanish> wow. I was getting my second vaccine shot. Um, of what um And that was the one that everybody said, like, "Man, you take that thing. I'm the first one fine. Little sure, i You get that second one, you'll be all fucked up, right?" So, I did the usual thing. I'm like, you know, what? These fucking people, they're fucking pussies. They're probably exaggerating. You know, you know, people, oh, my God, I'm starving. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I had the worst day, right? You know, there is an element of that, right? So, anyway. So, I do the podcast because, you know, I didn't want to be all fucking uh, Billy Clamcakes over here, all fucking sweaty and shit, trying to do a fucking podcast because I respect my audience, right? I respect you cunts, okay? So, anyway, Sunday... I go over to a CVS and uh, I fucking go in there the lady who checks me in is cool as shit she tells me to go stand in aisle 11 or some shit so I stand there and as always as always when you're standing in line what comes that fucking person that acts like they don't see the line they're standing to the side it was a chick right and she was standing just to my side a little in front of me didn't look down the aisle just standing there So I'm just sitting there, you know, really been working on the temper as always, so I'm just like, if this bitch thinks she's going to get in front of me, uh, it ain't happening. So what I did was I just out passive aggressive her, like she was one step in front of me. I said, okay, I see you're one step in front of me, and I want to put you fucking behind me. And she glanced over at me, and I looked right at her. All right? And that was the old... Fucking emotional right there, Fred. Shut the fuck up. And so I went up, checked in, was all good. And then I, I turned and I looked at the person behind me and made sure that they stepped up. But then the last person, the third person in line, was sort of a wishy-washy, oh, I don't I don't like confrontation. And that fucking bitch cut in front of her. I should have said, ma'am, the line's back here. Aisle 11 for this window stupid fucking and it was funny was then we lined up to get the vaccine and I saw when she walked over she saw the line and she was like <sighs> you know so these fucking doctors are going to save your fucking life you stupid fucker or, or help you go back to work or fucking save your grandparents life for something you fucking idiot right then there was like three of us there you sit down hey how's it going which arm do you want it in and it's over so they um give me the second shot and I'm like, all right. Somebody told me, you know, to get some Tylenol and take a couple of Tylenol a few hours later or whatever, you should be good. So I got that. I got some toothpaste for the family. Uh, what else did I get? I don't know what else I got. And then I got in the car. And uh, I was like, all right, here we go. What's going to happen? How sick am I going to get, right? And, you know, seven. it was like 3.30. By 7.30, 8 o'clock that night, I still felt fine. Oh, I bought some Gatorade. So I was drinking Gatorade. I took the two Tylenols. I was drinking water. You know, my piss was clear, right? I was hydrated. And uh, I fucking, you know, I went to bed. I went to bed. And um, still felt fine. And then I woke up at four in the morning. I think out of nervousness to be like, am I sick yet? And I still felt fine, right? And I heard it was if 12 to 17 hours, right? So at that point, it was 4 in the morning. I was like, all right, okay. So I'm a half hour into the zone where I'm supposed to be getting sick. If I'm going to get sick, it's going to be right around the time. I got to get the kids to school and all of that shit. And uh, that time rolled around and I was fine. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't get sick. I knew I was tougher than these fucking people. Right? Then I talked to one of my buddies, and he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I got I got the Pfizer. He goes, I got mine at 3.30 in the afternoon, too. He goes, right around noon the next day, I got sick. And I was like, what the fuck? That's past 17 hours. So I looked it up online, and it said... You can have side effects anywhere from 24 to 48 hours later. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? So wouldn't you know, right around 11, I started feeling a little weird, right? Didn't feel sick, but I felt a little weird. I was like, the fuck's going on here? Head, st- You know that feeling right before you're going to get sick of, oh, no, right? So I took another t- couple time on, two, two the day before. I took two the next day. And I felt weird for about 90 minutes two hours and then it just went away and then i could kind of feel like all right whatever the fuck was going to happen i'm already on the other side of it i kind of just knew but i didn't want to talk too much shit and uh that's all that happened that's all that happened i didn't get sick at all so um i'm also you know i never had covid and i'm also sober as a fucking church mouse these days like i'm not doing anything other than my stupid milkshakes or malts on the fucking weekend. And I have one of those. And I'm eating pretty good and I'm I'll, I'll getting plenty of sleep. So there you go. So there's some good news for you because all these fucking pieces of shit on the news, all they do is try to scare the shit out of you. About the dumb Johnson & Johnson thing. Seven million people and then six people have a fucking problem. And then I love all these anti-vaxxers, anti-mask people, flip out about six fucking people when you know, hundreds of thousand people are dying of COVID. They're like, well, more people die of the flu. So hundreds of thousands of people dying of COVID doesn't bother you, but six out of seven million does because you don't want to take a fucking vaccine. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like, I think that doctors need to talk more shit. They should have came out with from the people that cured polio, comes the vaccine for the people who stopped every fucking plague we've ever fucking had. That's why we don't have plagues anymore because of doctors. (laughs) Fuck those guys. I ain't listening to those guys. All right. You know, do whatever you want to do. No idea. So anyways, old Billy Freckles is, and here's the deal too. So I am not fully vaccinated until April 25th because it's 14 days after you get your second shot because there's a lot of people just getting one you know, it's the usual shit, people. I'm telling you, you want to be successful in life, complete it. Cross the T's, dot the I's, do what the fuck needs to be done. Most people, they start it, they start, come on, how many fucking old cars you see sitting in people's, yeah, I'm going to fix that up one day. They're never going to do it. They're never going to do it. I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to get one of these. Most people run their yaps. Some people actually start the process, but very few complete. Those who complete have the highest chance of being successful at whatever the fuck they want to do. That is the end of my little life lesson. All right, let's talk the Bruins. The Boston, your Boston Bruins uh, made a little trade there. and We got uh, Taylor Hall from the Buffalo Sabres. Interesting, interestingly enough, I believe his first game back uh, with the Bruins, I mean, I should say, it was against the Boston Bruins. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres, who we beat last night in overtime. Um, you know, I uh, thought the Bruins looked pretty good. Still like to see us score more. Uh, did pretty good in the fights. And uh, got to love DeBrus, man, in a shootout. DeBrus, the, the fucking guy, always scores. Lifts that leg, does a little wiggle, and then it's, you know, fucking top shelf, and the goalie's like, what the fuck just happened? Charlie Coyle had the other overtime um, shootout goal, and uh, it was a fun game. I was kind of in a writing meeting, Zoom meeting, and I just had the game on in the background, so I didn't catch too much of the, uh, you know, I didn't catch too much of the commentary or anything, but it was kind of funny. Like, I watched that that hit that caused that fight where Miller, you know, fucking clocked that dude on the uh, Sabres. It was a tough kid. He popped right back up. He also did a good job of not taking the full shot, I felt. But it was funny was, you know, the hit was a little high and it did hit him in the head. It causes his head to slam off the fucking glass. And, of course, our Homer announcers, who I love, are just like, uh, you know, and the uh, refs didn't have a problem with it. What that means is, if it happened to a Bruin, they would have been flipping out, and I'm sure the Buffalo people like going a high hit, and so and so takes exception. You know, he didn't. You know, he, he he showed up. You know that that means a lot. That means a lot. Miller's, uh, you know, that's what he does. He's an enforcer, and our our guy is actually a goal scorer, but he still had the courage to drop the gloves. You know that they went that way on it. Um. So anyway, uh. What else? Red Sox have won like four in a row. We were playing the Orioles, who I guess are just going to suck this year. Uh, that actually made me feel bad. I was watching the game, and one of the Red Sox announcers was just like, "Yeah, they're going to have a long year. This is going to be a long year for those guys." Can you fucking imagine that? I mean, I know you're making a ton of money and shit as a major league ball player, but I just can't imagine. You know, even if you're not going to make the playoffs, you still have to play 162 games. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then you got to talk about it to sports reporters afterwards. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, Anyway, but I I watched a little replay of that game. We won, I think, like 14 to 9. Some crazy, like, football score against the Orioles. And we beat the Twins, I think, last night. So we should be playing them tonight. And, um... was really enjoying it. Seeing some fans come back and stuff has been a nice thing. So, uh, yeah, I like baseball. I like them all. I like them all. And MotoGP, this fucking weekend, the king is coming back. Mark Marquez, who broke his uh, humorous beginning of last season, came back the next race and then shut it down. And uh, he's had a couple of setbacks with the. Um, I think they just want to make sure he was like 100%. Like. Sidney Crosby level before he comes back so I'm looking forward to that race uh, this Sunday Um, NBA fans who miss competition you know watching these night of too many stars teams that they seem to be putting together for the inevitable NBA final of the Lakers against the fucking (laughs) Brooklyn Nets Um, Dark Horse Utah Jazz possibly Um, I don't know in the East or whatever I have no idea but um yeah anyway if you'd like to see competition if you miss that in your sports i would watch uh i would watch some of the MotoGP gp this weekend just saying just say say i actually had some time this week too i uh i sat down and played some drums and i for my level for my skill set i'm just talking about me i fucking crushed it my foot was as fast as it's ever been and um uh, I'll tell you a great thing to keep your foot fast. If you want to just sort of keep those that little that triplet thing that Bonham does, I play to uh Black Dog, which is 84 BPMs and has that little triplet lick in there. Bunch of those thrown in. Then I play to Traveling Riverside Blues, which is 90 BPMs. And then I play to uh Good Times Bad Times and um My warm-up is Poor Tom. Underrated Zeppelin album as far as drums and all that shit and fun stuff to play is the Coda album. Uh, There's a lot of fun, just, you know, Poor Tom, Darlene, uh, Traveling Riverside Blues, obviously. They tacked that one on later. That wasn't on the original release, but there's there's a number of really just like, you know, I don't know, even if it's a throwaway Zeppelin track, just to hear... What he did on those albums, I I haven't really listened to that album as much as maybe I should have. Um, so, anyways, I fucking crushed it. And then today, I came down, sat down. Um, after doing all of this stuff in the morning, I was rushing around and promoting my tour, and it was on Colin uh, Cowherd. I oh I love that guy, man. I have such a fucking great time whenever I'm on uh, on his show. Um, I did Rich Eisen's podcast, just a bunch of really great guys. and, um, I don't know what. I didn't really stretch or anything like that. I just kind of went out there, stretched did some half ass stretch, and I got behind the kit and I just sucked, and I was like, Fuck. I thought the guy yesterday was the guy I was. Um and then the reality sets in is not nah, you're somewhere between that guy and the shit that's coming out of you today. So that's always fun, right? Let's talk about setbacks everybody, huh? Fucking sit there thinking you're making progress and what not. And then all of a sudden you're not, you know. Um bumps me up but like I I I tell you I I got that book um the Benny Greb book on on effective practicing and I get really good pra- like 20 solid fucking minutes of practice before I just fuck around and play songs and uh it's definitely showing uh the results so anyway sorry if I'm a little scatterbrained here today everybody I've been uh I kind of been all over the place but um I've been doing a good job though as far as like working on myself I'm psyched like this this morning Uh, I would have had an epic fight with my wife and I didn't. And then four fucking things happened in a row and I didn't react to any of them. And I kept my cool and everybody had a nice morning. Like, um, my wife's been busting her ass lately working on this project and uh, I guess she was really tired and she was sleeping next to me and, you know, She was fucking You know Snoring a little bit And just woke me up And once I wake up Forget it I'm just up So I was like Fuck So I I went downstairs And I slept on the couch And uh You know I wake Go upstairs The next morning She's like Hey Sorry Did I wake you up And I was like Yeah And uh I don't know And then she's just like Oh sorry And then immediately She was looking at her phone And I'm thinking like Oh my god that's all I get is sorry. I missed out on two hours sleep. If you literally get up eight minutes before you usually get up, you're going to be in a grumpy mood all morning. You go right to your phone. Like that normally would have got me, I would have fucking had that dumb fight. You know? Because for all I know, she's texting my daughter's school about some shit. I, I would have normally jumped right in. I just, I walked out. I was like, what the fuck? And then I was just, as I was going down the stairs, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? I have that radio tour. Tomorrow morning, I'm calling a bunch of radio um, shows early, starting with some radio station in St. Louis. I'm just like, I'm just going to sleep in my office tonight. There, okay? That's the solution, okay? Problem solved. I felt good. Then I wasn't upset with that. Then I go downstairs And I fucking, you know, I'm going to, you know, my daughter wants some, uh, these healthy pancakes that I make. So I say, okay, I go to the spice rack. Where's the cinnamon? Why are all the, why are all the spices fucking not alphabetized? What the fuck? And I can't find it. And I, and I didn't lose my cool. Then I was looking for the little measuring cup. It wasn't where it's supposed to be. I look at the dishwasher. It's not there. It's not in the sink. It's not in the dry rack. I look back in the drawer and there it is. Didn't lose my cool. Then the fucking scooper, where the fuck is it? Everything that I needed was not where the fuck it normally is for whatever fucking reason. And all of those little things, I, I, I the old me would have been like, how fucking hard is it to put the fucking spice back alphabetically so the next person doesn't have the fucking it?" You know, I would have done that. I would have done that. And I didn't. I just went like, well, it's got to be here somewhere and, uh, you know, I have plenty of time to make these fucking pancakes. I re-alphabetized everything knowing full well that I'm the only one that gives a fuck about it being alphabetized. (laughs) I just plowed through all of that. Everybody had a great time. And guess what? It's like fucking eight hours later and who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? And I figured out why I'm an angry guy in therapy. I get it now. I get me and um Yeah. Feels pretty fucking good, man. I'm telling you. You only need to do mushrooms once. <laughs> you can really figure yourself out. If you if you do the fucking work. If you do the work. So yeah, all of that shit's good, man. It's all fucking good. So um but having said that, I'm saying some of the most ignorant shit I've ever said in my life on stage. I have like three bits I cannot wait to fucking try out. And, you know, just knowing the how people are or certain people nowadays, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So while I still have advertisers on this podcast, let's uh let's read some here. All right, Movement Watches, everybody, MVMT, Mike Victor, Mike Tango. Um, In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company that broke all the rules. Uh, With fair prices, unexpected colors, and clean original designs, MVMT, pronounced movement grew into one of the fastest-growing watch brands, shipping to over 160 countries across the globe. Globe, globe, globe. Now, MVMT has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from your screens, minimalist jewelry, and more style essentials that don't break the bank, all designed out of their California headquarters. Um... Movement watches have the look and quality of a $400 to $500 watch you're paying for at a department store, but cost a fraction of the price because they were built online and their process went, oh, what? They were built online and own their process from start to finish so they can keep the cost down. Um, you get a beautiful watch, ship right to your door for free. And if you don't love it, you can ship it right back for free. Um... Let's see here. I've got, I've got to spend all day in front of my computer, and my ever-scroll blue light filtering glasses are a game changer. I I never got them. I want those things so fucking bad. Uh, it really helps with eye strain and poor. This is me in the future saying this and poor sleeping patterns. And I love the modern style of the frames. I'm texting Andrew right now for one of these fucking things. Um, if you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, then join. The Movement, and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash burr. That's MVMT.com slash burr. Again, that's Michael, Victor, MichaelTango.com slash burr. All right. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's fucking Headspace, man. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep slash focus slash act slash be better question mark well there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life next please mention all the talking points below you know i believe i was meditating today when i couldn't find the fucking cinnamon uh headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So, whenever the situation, whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Jesus, I need one of those. Uh, Need some help falling asleep? Yes. Headspace has a wind-down session their members swear by, and for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can go do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspacecom burr. That's headspacecom burr for free for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Um, this is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspacecom burr today. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, um, Helix. Helix has this quiz. That takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Woo, woo. Uh, why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? I don't know. Low self-esteem. Um, with, Because I don't think I'm special. All right. With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that. So, they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot, or even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. Um, it's awesome getting unboxing videos from so many of you who also who also found the Helix mattress of your dreams. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your deal with, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by, and by GQ and Wired Magazine. I don't think the news being an and there was voted, awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash burr, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Uh, they'll even pick it up, gross, if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and just 2 f- And two free pillows uh, for our listeners at helixsleep.com. H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P dot com slash burr, B-U-R-R. Why did I think you didn't know how to spell sleep? What are you trying to insult us there, Billy boy there, Billy Freckles? Um, Oh, shit. You know, I really wanted to talk about this fucking thing with my wife, um... We watch those true crime things when we go to bed. I don't know. She's into the shit, and I just, I've given in. I, I watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta now. Uh, I can handle it now because that Nene Leakes isn't on it because she used to just dominate everybody. She'd talk over all of them, and nobody seemed to have enough game to be able to hang with her. So it got boring. It was just like, well, she's going to win every argument. The fuck am I watching this shit for? This is just like, it's like Groundhog Day. So, um, I like watching that one in the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Uh, you're my fucking father. That shit is just funny to me. um anyway, but we watched this one on um there was this guy. he married this woman, and uh they were together for like twenty twenty five years, never had kids. And uh, he meets some other chick. She's younger. He falls in love with her. Uh, His wife finds out. And she ends up killing the mistress and then killed herself. And uh, fucking crazy story. And uh, the husband tells the story. And I have to tell you this. Me and my wife watched this and we were just like, I do not believe a fucking word that is coming out of this guy's mouth. Not a fucking word. The guy was like, I don't know. It was like, he, had, he, was, he was basically doing the show because he was promoting his book. And he was in the reenactments. You know, with the part where he's like, he's now, you know, now that they're both dead and gone, he's packed up all of his stuff and they're showing him driving off in a convertible like fucking Bill Bixby at the end of the Hulk. And. Um, I don't know, I was just sitting there going like uh, this guy, I don't know, I don't know, but there's just something It's just. And I noticed when I watched it. Like the other chick, his mistress also was married, the husband of her wasn't on it. None of this guy's family members, the, the husband, none of his family members were there. Like this is how I, you know, whenever you have like those fucking things, like when they'll be like, they'll do like a documentary. The true Hollywood blah, blah, blah of whatever famous person. Um, the second you don't see a bunch of famous people in there talking about it, you're just like, all right, this is just a bunch of trash. And they'll be like, uh, you know, Dick Cavett's mailman you know, Dick's a really interesting guy. It's like, who the fuck are you? So yeah, there was a lot of people that I felt like should have been in that documentary and were not. And it was just sort of him. And I kept calling him the nudger because he had this way of like, he he would be sincere and then he would just float out a little bit of information. So it would be like, so you do the math. Oh, well, one plus one equals two. He just, he wouldn't tell you what to think, but he'd nudge you. He was just like, you know, I was like introverted and blah, blah, blah. And then I met her and she was like outgoing and really like rebellious and said whatever she wanted to say and she was complete opposite of me and, you know, always had to get the last word in an argument and beautiful hair, but but buried that in the middle. Always had to get the last word in the argument. And then you're like, oh, and that's why she killed the day and then shot herself so he would have to live with the guilt. Well, there, there we go. There I I you. And you, and you think that you're the one putting it together. And then after a while, you're like, wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute. So I don't know what the fuck happened in that one. I actually had a buddy of mine who's a lawyer who does criminal shit. I'm like, you know, trials and stuff. And can you watch this thing and tell me what you think? And he goes, nah, I mean, I think that's kind of what happened. He kind of went along with it. And I was like, "Well, he's on a book tour. He's doing Dr. Oz and he goes, "Well, you know, he said the proceeds of the book is going to charity." I did he say 100% or he just say the proceeds fine print some of the proceeds. I don't know. Um yeah, me and Nia we're going to we're going to start talking about those true crime ones On the ones we're going to do a new segment called It Doesn't Add Up. <laughs> <laughs> In the same way, my unathletic ass breaks down fucking hockey and football games. Now, with no criminal justice degree or any anything, no, never was a you know former cop or anything. I'm gonna tell you how the police officers got it wrong, which I think is a nice way to end the podcast. Considering I started it off making fun of people who aren't doctors, questioning doctors, and I am now going to, as a non-cop going to tell you how the cops got it wrong i'm an idiot hey you know what the feeling's coming back in my finger that i cut off with that fucking mandolin i have not had a vegetable since you know whatever i sliced up that day that i didn't fucking bleed on oh jesus bill i was worried that i was going to have a numb finger but it seems to be coming back i want to thank the people that sewed it up they did a great job um oh yeah it's all coming back nice Nice, nice, baby. Do, 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 do. All right, that's the uh, Thursday afternoon podcast. I hope you guys are. I uh, hope you're doing all right. And I hope all you youngsters out there who are fucking angry lunatics and you relate to me. I hope one day you figure out why you were angry. And uh, I'm not going to divulge. You know, it's too personal. But uh, it's it's a hell of a thing when you figure it out. Because once you figure it out, then you kind of realize like, wow for my whole life, I was kind of who I wasn't supposed to be. Is there, is there enough time left in my life to go back to who I was supposed to be?
1: <laughs> Which is fucking,
0: that's pretty, Uh, it's pretty heavy, man. Um. All right. That's it. Go fuck yourselves. Have a great weekend. You cunts. Uh, enjoy the music and we'll have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, right after the music. It's a, I guess the Greatest Hits one from uh, Thursday a year ago, or I don't know how we work it out, but um, that's what we got Andrew for. All right? Speaking of which, I'm going to fucking text him so I can get those blue glasses, man. All right, that's it. I'll see you soon.
1: The sweet, pretty things I'm betting course The city fathers they're trying to endorse the reincarnation of Paul Revere's horse But the town has no need to be nervous The ghost of Bell Star She hands down her wits To Jezebel and nun She violently knits A bald wig for Jack the Ripper Who sits at the head of the Chamber of Commerce Mama's in a factory She ain't got no shoes is in the alley, he's looking for food. I'm in a kitchen where the tombstone blues the historical bride in the penny arcade.
0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday morning podcast for Monday, um, April fifteenth, two thousand and thirteen. How are you? How are you doing this week? Do you feel like this week is going to be a good one? Um, today's episode is brought to you by Ting. Please visit bill.ting.com for a $25 service, credit, or device discount. And I know what you're saying. What is Ting? Well, I'm going to tell you later on in the podcast. I'm building up advertising suspense. Today's episode is brought to you by Cheerios. Oh, what are those things again? I can't remember. Sitting on the edge of my seat. The seat in my cubicle. How are you guys? Can you hear hear that fucking engine running right now? Do you know where your your lovely host is? Uh, I'm on a fucking bus, man. I've been going through the south. You know, they call it the dirty south. And I got to tell you, I haven't seen any filth down here. Other than a couple of who's. No, seriously. Been an absolutely beautiful trip. And this time old Billy Redface decided instead of getting in a little ass fucking car and driving a fucking thousand miles all over the south as I toured around, I uh actually got a little bus here. And I've been on the road with Paul, dude I called it Verzee, and uh Jason Lawhead. And uh we've been doing shows and uh drinking like the fucking rat pack. I don't think I've ever drank so much in my fucking life. If you guys ever get a chance to travel by bus, okay? And I know you've all done it. And I'm not talking about that Peter Pan greyhound shit, right? Where you and 70 other people that you don't even fucking know get on a goddamn bus, right? Somebody takes a shit two feet away from you. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about sleeping upright the weight of your head waking you up every time they go over a fucking bump I'm not talking about that either I'm talking about getting your own bus getting your own fucking bus watching Anchorman drinking booze (laughs) as somebody else drives it's the greatest fuck this is right now I'm gonna tell you this and I'm going right through until Wednesday this has been the greatest this is how big I'm going this has been the greatest fucking road trip of my life um This is perfect because you know what gets you when you're out here people it's not the shows oh no it's the travel that's what fucking beats you up when you're an old fuck like me this is gonna be a very full flight people please don't put your coats in the overhead compartments and then you see the cunts doing it right we've oversold the flight you know you fucking land they don't have your bags You fucking go out in the cab line, it's fucking 90,000 people long, starts raining, you put your shoulders up, to quote my own fucking special, right, you're standing out there with your little stupid bag, middle of fucking nowhere, right, you finally get the cab, you can't understand the guy, he can't understand you, you don't know if he's going the long way, they tell, it's a... uh, It's a flat fee, 200 bucks to the hotel. Really? I don't think that's true. It's on the sticker. Read the sticker, my friend. Right? Deal with that shit, then you get to the hotel, the fucking cab leaves. You bring your bag up. Hello, sir, welcome to fucking DoucheCon Hotel. Do you have an ID? Yeah, and you give them the ID, and then... Would it be under another name, you know, and they can't find your fucking room? Then you finally get a fucking room, you go to the hotel, the fuck, uh, up to the goddamn... We get it, Bill. No, fuck you, I'm taking you through all of it. You get up there and the fucking key doesn't work. You finally go back down, you get a key that works, you go back up, it works, you go in there. You know? Smells like Jack Klugman. You're like, what the fuck's going on? You call downstairs. Do you have another room? This one smells like uh, Archie Bunker took his shit in here. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have another room and there's no reason to use that language. Oh, yes, there is. Smells like somebody who smoked cigars took his shit in here and fought in Korea all at the same time. All right? Well, see, when you get on a bus, all of that is over. You know, you pull in, you go to a Walmart, you fucking stock up the fridge with food and booze, then you just get on the fucking thing and somebody else drives you. You sit there with your friends watching Anchorman getting... You don't drink. You don't drink before the show. But after, let me tell you something. No, it seems to be great. We just pull right up to the goddamn venue. You know, there's a shower on the bus, right? You're good to go. The other guys get hotel rooms. I I haven't been off this bus in fucking eight days. And you know what? I love it. I'm living in a bubble. I don't even know what the fuck's going on in the world. And furthermore, I don't even give a shit. That's, That's how much of a great mood I'm in. We pull right up to the venue. I get off the bus, I walk into the venue, I do the show, fucking in a great mood, everybody has a good time, I then fucking walk out front, whore myself out, show a little leg, sell some DVDs, smile and wave, kiss a couple of babies, then I fucking walk right back onto the bus, and we leave town, it's the fucking, and then we start drinking, <laughs> it's good it's the greatest fucking thing ever. So I got to be honest. I don't think this podcast is going to be the podcast. I don't even think it's going to be so too funny because nothing bad happened to me. Nothing bad happened to me this week. You know, other than the fact that this fucking bus trip is going to end. I got I got three more dates. I'm going to be in Tampa tonight for two shows. Then I do Florida State on Tuesday and then Wednesday I'm in Miami and then it's over. And then you know what? Then I have to go back to the real world. world where I have a dog with fucked up back feet. And I have a woman, you know? You know what I've been thinking this whole goddamn week? And Nia's going to kill me. But you know something? I wish I fucking, you know, could have done this like 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I was single. Because I got to tell you something. There's, there is no easier way... To bring a bunch of whores out of a club if you tell them you got your own bus. <laughs> oh, God knows they love shiny shit. You have you have your own thing. What? can I see it? Unfortunately, you can't, sweetheart. Um, um, speaking of whores, oh, she's not a whore. But I saw this story, right? Where the fuck is it? Oh, no! D- really, is it this? This gonna happen? Is this gonna ruin my fucking mood? Why am I so dumb? Anyways, there was this giant street party at Rutgers, right? And some pretty girl. Did I just did I just say p- pretty girl? Some pretty girl. When the cops showed up, she uh, she got pepper sprayed. <laughs> Because she wouldn't put down her Frisbee. That's what she said. Not not saying the old joke, but seriously, that was her comment. You know. So then you watch the video, and she's wearing this dumb neon hat. And you see her the first time the cops come down the street. She's giving them the finger and then doing the uh, suck my dick motion. <laughs> right there, if I'm on the jury. Uh, two words, rightfully maced. Can't do that. You, well, why would you give the finger and in the jerk off move? After you're standing next to a burning couch, or had they not lit? Was the, was the couch already on fire? It was insane. It was like seven fucking houses, and all the parties were going on at once. And then they just sort of all met out in the street. Looked like a phenomenal party, but you know, when the cops show up, it's over. You know, you don't you don't start fucking. Game. I got it. That's one of those. That's a a classic fucking chick move. I don't want to speak for all guys here, but I got to tell you right now, one of the last things I would ever do is when a police cruiser is pulling up would be to be giving it the finger. Not with one hand, both hands and then going like, you know, acting like I'm jacking my dick onto their fucking car. That is the last thing, probably the last move. Let's run through the, the moves that you could possibly fucking make. ...that you could possibly fucking make when the cops show up. One. The classic. Turn the other way and begin walking away in a brisk manner... ...that doesn't draw too much attention to you. So it doesn't look like you're guilty, okay? You just sort of casually turn around, slip behind a couple people... ...then crouch down and fucking run... ...as though you're trying not to get hit by a sniper... Disappear into the hedges. There's always hedges when you're outside partying. Slip into the hedges. Crawl on your fucking elbows and knees. Get to the backyard. Go over the fence and just get the fuck out of there. And ignore the people that stare at you as you come over the fence with your dirty knees and elbows. That's option number one. Option number two is do the classic. Just put your hands up like, okay, all right, we get it. You're here. It's over. You know? Option number three, uh, stand there very still and then slowly do the sidestep. Stop. Slowly do another sidestep. Stop. Yeah, slowly get the fuck out of there. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Where is uh, fucking give the double finger and jack your dick onto the cruiser? I guess you could do that, too. Then you run, right? You don't fucking stand there with your frisbee. It's, I don't know, I've, I've done this bit a zillion times. It's just a classic, just, they don't know any better. This girl was beautiful. This girl has a vagina. You know, and a lot of you don't realize, not all of them, not all women have vaginas. You know, it's that lucky 99.9% of them that have them. And she had them. She had them. She had one, and that was it. And she's standing there, what a fucking moron. Then of course they post it on YouTube or whatever on Facebook and then it becomes some sort of a fucking story. This whole fucking young generation of kids, it's so weird. Do you realize they're like spying on themselves? I I wonder if any of them believe in conspiracy theory. They they might they they probably don't. They they gotta be like, you know what? Nobody's we're spying on each other. These fucking assholes, every time they do something, they film it. They're sitting there filming, they they light a couch on fire, which I don't know, what is that? Is that a misdemeanor? I don't know what it is. I know it's not, I don't, It's. I know it's not legal. I know it's not legal to light a couch on fire and to be chanting, burn that shit, burn that shit in the fucking, <laughs> in the street. See, that's some shit when I was younger, we would have done it, but we, but we didn't film it. Not because we're smarter. Because it, we, you know what you had to do to film shit when I was a kid, when I was of college age, you know? If you had to knew somebody who fucking knew how to had to do that reel-to-reel shit. You knew how to splice and cut and put the fucking edit tape on, you know, like you're making a Beatles album. It wasn't worth it. Dude, when I was in college, holy shit, that just freaked me out. You know what happened? I just stood up and accidentally in my bare feet here stepped on the goddamn power pack thing of of the cord and it was just warm enough to feel like it was something that was alive like a rodent I thought I just stepped on a fucking mouse you ever have something like that happen and that caveman DNA kicks in that fucking fight or flight is that a saber-toothed tiger kind of thing right um Anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast, all right? Now, ladies, I know you're beautiful. I know you got the JJs, as fucking Oprah says, all right? But do yourself a favor. When the cops show up, don't give them the finger and start jacking your non-existent dick. Or maybe you do. But if you do, get the fuck out of there. And if you stand around and they're coming up to you, put your Frisbee over your face, you dumb fucks. Oh, my God, I can't believe I got maced. All I was doing was drinking, participating in the burning of a couch in the street. The double finger was given to the police officers, and I jerked a non-existent dick. The dick wasn't even there. I mean, I, don't, I could see if I actually had a dick, you know, and I pulled it out. Your Honor, I don't have a penis. How could he mace me? There's something hilarious about a beautiful girl getting maced, you know? At least there is to me. There's just always something funny about that shit to me. Like I'm saying this, like I've seen beautiful women get maced all the time. I haven't, but I fantasized about it. It's just funny every once in a while when they get treated like us. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the real world, sweetheart. Yep. Yep. He did that and he's going to get away with it. And there's nothing you can do about it. All right. So why don't you go upstairs, go rinse out your eyes with some tomato soup or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do. Actually, tomato soup, that's what you're supposed to do when you when you get sprayed by a skunk. I know that because I've watched a couple of movies. Um, anyways. what The fuck am I doing here? Let's get some advertising out of the way so we can get back to the uh, podcast here. E-voice, everybody. All right? Evoice, are you, trying to, are you trying to start your own business? All right. Are you, are you stuck in a soul-sucking job and you have a great idea for a business that's going to put you in the driver's seat? All right. Rather than you sitting around every six months to eight months to get reviewed, to, to figure out how many more quarters an hour they're going to give you. You're like, you know what? I want to be in the driver's seat. If I'm going to work 12 hours a day, I'm going to do it for me. Okay. Me. Me. I want to be in a position where I can't be fired because I'm not going to fire myself. That would be the weirdest way to kill yourself. You know, sort of some long, drawn-out suicide. You fire yourself from your own company, you know, and you don't give yourself any sort of workman's comp or unemployment. (laughs) You become homeless. Walk around bitter, mad at yourself. I'm sorry. E-voice, everybody. It's the reason you're going to make more money in 2013. When your customers call, you'll have your own toll-free number, professional greeting, dial-by name, directory, and more. They'll just set it right up. From day one, the second you sign up for this, you're going to sound like you have a giant company. You sound like a Fortune 500 company, and you'll blow away your competitors. E-Voice lets you give out one number that rings wherever you are. The beach, the bar, doesn't matter. You'll sound like you're at the office. Isn't that wonderful? In other words, when you're at your real-day job, when that thing rings all you do is you run into the bathroom. Then the echo of the bathroom sounds like you're in your giant office. Um, you've got to go to evoice.com and use the promo code BILL, B I L L. Evoice takes care of all your voicemails, transcribes them and sends them to you instantly as a text or email. So you can check voicemails before the meeting ends and not look rude. Evoice is only 10 bucks a month. 10 bucks a month to get your dream going. For a long time, our listeners have been able to get a free trial of eVoice for six months, but this is about to come to an end. All right? Make sure you sign up for the free trial of eVoice between now and the end of the month and get a six month free trial before it's too late. Please, people, go after your dream. It's your last chance to try this great service free for six months. Six months for free. Get your business going, and after that, it's $10 a month. There's nothing I want more for you people than to go after your dreams, make them happen. Get on a bus and get some whores. Um, that last part is optional, but don't get the one in the green hat. If you do, for the love of God, keep her inside for when the cops show up. Um, Legalzoom.com, everybody. All right, look, you got a plan for your future. All right, this is all how to. Get, this is all the stuff that I'm selling you right now. This is how to get out of your damn cubicle. All right, e voice, you got the whole uh, voicemail stuff. Now here, you got Legalzoom.com. All right, you got a plan for your future. You do financial planning, you get insurance. But to get real peace of mind, you got to make sure your family is legally protected. So where do you turn for affordable legal protection you can trust? LegalZoom.com. For over 12, 12 years, Excuse me. they've been helping Americans get personalized wills, powers of attorneys, living trusts, and real estate documents, and more. LegalZoom also st- helps start and maintain business with incorporation and LLC filings, trademarks, and copyrights. What a great thing if you're starting your own business. Uh, their time-saving service was developed by a team of experienced attorneys, and LegalZoom takes care of you from stat to finish. LegalZoom documents have been accepted by courts and government agencies in all 50 states. Okay, LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. For even more savings, enter Burr in the referral box at checkout. If you're a parent or an entrepreneur don't wait any longer call or visit LegalZoom.com and protect what's yours there you go um something in there reminded me of something oh i know i know um we did the tabernacle theater friday night um here in atlanta and i gotta tell you the tabernacle i guess it's called yeah just called the tabernacle here in atlanta um Right up there with uh, Carnegie Hall, one of the most beautiful theaters I ever performed in. The crowd, the crowds were amazing. And um, Jesus Christ, I'm sitting there thinking how beautiful the theater is, and I literally forgot what the fuck I was talking about. I just had it. What is that, by the way, people? What is that that thing where you you, you fucking think about something to talk about then you forget it then you remember it and then you start talking and then you f- f- forget it am I, am I the beginning of alzheimer's here is this what it i'm gonna stop knowing people's fucking names that'll be the worst well thanks bill thanks for letting us know that alzheimer's stinks because uh without you we wouldn't have known that all right go fuck yourselves okay Let's not let's not ruin my good time the fuck did i want to talk about What the fuck happened in Atlanta? Oh, I know. I know. So we've been in Atlanta for the last couple of days. All right? So a couple people go, hey, you know, we're going to Cheetah's strip club. You want to go? And I have not been to a titty bar in, like, fucking... Ah, shit. Why did I say the name of it? Because now I'm going to trash the place. I haven't been to a titty bar in, like, I would say maybe seven years. They're just They're stupid. You go in there, you get all fucking excited and then nothing happens and then you leave and you don't have any money. It's the dumbest fucking thing you could ever do. And there's always a bunch of fat white dudes in there on some business trip, smoking cigars, trying to act like they're fucking running shit and they're not. I don't like them, you know? We'll figure what the fuck, I'll go, everybody's going to go, yeah, let's fucking go. We went there. Bored, uh, Bored, shitless. Bored, shitless. You know what the most exciting thing was about when I went to that fucking strip club was one of the people I was hanging out with, I found out was actually uh, a banker. All right. And I know you guys think I'm out of my mind. You're always going, oh, you fucking conspiracy theory whack job. I hit this guy with every fucking thing that I think of. I know about banks and he just kept nodding, going, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. I I fucking told him that whole thing about how, you know, I had the water damage on my house and the check for my insurance company came made out to me, Nia and my fucking mortgage company. You know, and I'm like, those motherfuckers don't think I'm going to pay off the house. And they go, no, they don't. I go, that's right. They think that it's going to take me 30 fucking years. And by the time that I'll be in my 70s, and by then one of my kidneys will fail, at which point my health insurance won't kick in. They'll, have, they'll So I'll have to sell the house. They'll get another 30-year-old in there, and they'll bend him over the fucking rail for 60. And he was going, you're absolutely right. Absolutely fucking right. And I was like, so how do you fucking do it? He goes, hey. He goes, I don't fuck over individuals. He goes, I fuck over businesses. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how it works. You know? I wasn't making the... I didn't... I didn't make the call I was just following orders it's the same shit <coughs> those Nazi fucking people said when they were up in the guard towers when they were fighting for fucking Hitler it's the exact same fucking thing they justified in their head that I'm not you know even though I'm part of this evil fucking thing I'm just doing this one little thing here you know and I just kept hammering I'm going dude you know But you're you're, you're helping to push the rock up the hill. And he goes, and he just started laughing, going, Jesus Christ, you know, I'm trying to fucking enjoy myself here. And then I actually felt bad on some level. I went all the way up to the Federal Reserve, and the guy, the banker, looked at me. He said, The only thing federal, he said, The Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express. (laughs) He goes, They're evil. And I was just like, Well, how the fuck are you in that business? You know, at that point we were a little bit drunk and he's just saying, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> he said the bankers just sit there and they're like, my job is to make fucking money. That is my job. He proceeded to tell me that the bank he works for somehow in three months made $6 billion. He's like, how is that fucking possible? Legally, I don't think it is. Or maybe it is. You know, when everybody goes to work all week and then just gives you their money. That's the greatest, that's one of the greatest fucking scams ever. Do you realize we all work all fucking week? They give you a piece of paper with numbers on it. They never give you the money. They just give you a piece of paper that has numbers on it. Then you take that piece of paper and you give it to some of the most crooked fucks ever to keep it safe. It's like every, it's like every American, everybody on the planet. You get mugged every week. And you don't even realize. It. You're not even getting mugged because you're turning it over. You fucking hand it to those assholes. The money you earned, the money I earned. Then they take that money. They loan it back to us. at fucking interest, and then they then they like invent. More money that isn't even there off of the money that we put in there. they basically they legally counterfeit money like if they if, if they get a deposit at ten grand, they can legally loan out 10 grand ten thousand dollars to four, like what, like four or five different people ten thousand for you, ten thousand for you, 10 for you, 10 for you when there's only ten thousand they just they just invented another 30 grand that that isn't even there. And that's what the fuck happens, because then when those fuckers don't pay that off. The 10 grand, all of a sudden, then with it now like 20 grand off a of 10 grand isn't fucking paid off. I, I think you guys are smart enough to do the math. I, I swear to God, I really wish I recorded the conversation when he just kept going, you're right, you're right. And all the fucking people. Anthony Kumia from the wonderful Opian Anthony program, who laughs and shakes his head at me, you know, I was really wishing he was there and every cunt that ever called me a fucking conspiracy theorist, like I fucking believe that the moon is made out of cheese. Like, that's what I'm telling you. Right. Like they like I'm saying the sun is actually a camera in the sky by the fucking Illuminati. I never said any shit like that. All right. I said a couple of crazy ones. My fucking banker ones. Evidently, this guy who was drunk in a titty bar (laughs) told me that I was right. And none of you guys were there, and I don't have the audio to prove it, but I'll go fuck you. You know what I sound right? This is like the verbal version of that chick standing in the street. I should have on that lime green hat, just fucking miming, jerking my own dick off. You know? Am I really any better than that Frisbee whore cunt? Ah, she's not a cunt. She's not a whore either. I don't, you know what? You know something? I'm going to reserve judgment because I have no fucking idea. You know when you really think about it, you really you really can't tell who somebody is, just from a goddamn video. all right, shut the fuck up Bill so anyways we're on, I'm on this bus all week, and uh me and Verzi in fucking lawhead one night, where the hell were we coming from? Well, I'll, I'll give you the whole tour we w- first of all we went to uh we went to the uh, the NCAA championship game Monday night which was one of the sickest basketball games I've ever seen in my life. Um, we were in a football stadium <laughs> <laughs> watching a basketball game. Um, the game eventually sold out because a lot of people in Atlanta, a lot of sports fans got upset with me for uh, describing 100% accurately um, their sports fandrum. Is that the, the proper word? Um Seeing that dude Luke come off the bench and hit fucking uh, three, four, three pointers in a row, and after three, that alley oop jam was the sickest thing. That dude Spike whatever. I'm not the biggest college hoop fan. Spike whatever, fucking from Michigan. You know what Lawhead was joking about? I said in the, he was joking like saying in the first half, it was white dudes dominating the game. With outside shots, of course. God knows we're, we're, our game has never been above the rim. White dudes were dominating that game. And then in the second half, black dudes just took it over. And Lawhead was cracking us up saying basically they were doing a reenactment of basketball history. <laughs> I like the first hack, half was like when fucking uh, Bob Cousy. You know, back when you couldn't put your hand on the side of the ball, you had to fucking—you had to have it right on top of the ball. You ever watch that? Show? You ever watch old basketball highlights, and people always go like, "Oh my God, these guys suck." They didn't suck. If you put—if you put your hand on the side of the ball to go to the side that was considered a carry, they've made all these fucking rules. Where, uh, which, uh, by the way, have all been great rules, you know, to allow these athletes to reach the, reach the pinnacle of their. Their, their, uh, their sports artistry. I almost didn't get that out. Um, but it was just, it was an unbelievable game. And there was this fucking Louisville fan sitting behind us. And, dude, I got to tell you, we were on the lower level and we still needed binoculars. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, it was like, if we were at, a, if we were at like an Atlanta Falcons game, we would have been eighth row in the end zone. All right, because we literally could see the wall where they would actually have like the the post 911 people glaring at you with their yellow coats on, you know, uh, but instead, because it was basketball, there was there was like a fenced area where you couldn't go past, and then there was a whole nother section of about 20 rows of these padded seats, right and then in front of that was a whole nother 20 section of just students, and it was the Michigan kids. Who, by the way, Michigan used to be the blue in Mays. Now it's just the Mays. I got to tell you, some of these fucking uniforms and some of this shit, it's just it's the loudest shit I've seen since the 79 Pirates. And uh, considering that they're in the midst of making Anchorman Part 2, I think it's very I was actually thinking that. You know they make you know, they, they make fun of the clothes from back then in like the late seventies and everything. When they when they do the anchor man of this this time right now, you know, with sports and that type of thing, if there's ever somebody as big as a genius as Will Farrell in like twenty years is making fun of this era, it's gonna be shit like that. Like those uniforms when Michigan played Syracuse. I mean, that was just fucking ridiculous. Those yellow sneakers. And the orange sneakers, that's thats just something I w- I'm going to say within maybe four years. Well, actually, probably four years it'll start to die off. So I'll say within 10 years you're going to look back at those things and be like, Jesus Christ, the fuck were we thinking? Um, I saw a couple of Michigan fans with the old school, like, you know, the blue where it says Michigan in yellow. It's funny as hell. It, would just, it looked like a fucking, it looked like an HD mustard and they were all chanting, go blue. It's like, you guys don't have any fucking blue on anymore. But I have to tell you. We was, so we were sitting on the Michigan side. And, you know, I flunked everything in fucking high school. And they used to sit there and try and scare the shit out of me. You know, going, you need two years of a language. You gotta make sure your GPA is above a three point six. So you're not gonna get it. above blah blah blah. You sat there and you're sitting there fucking nodding off, just not giving a shit. I gotta tell you, I went to that fucking basketball game, and the entire student section turned around, faced us, and like almost was doing like this half tomahawk chalk thing. They w- they went go, and then everybody behind us went blue go. Boo, the whole fucking section going nuts. And I said to fucking Verzi, I said, you know, my freshman year in high school, instead of scaring the shit out of me academically, they just should have showed me a video of this. Going, you know what, if you actually study in high school, you can participate in something like this. And I would have been like, well, you know what, I'm going to go home and hit the books. I would have done that. Instead of telling me all the academic shit that I need, they should have showed me how fun college could have been if I actually studied and went to a real fucking school. You know, I didn't. I completely I fucked up my freshman year of high school. I went in there and I was thinking I was going to be a lawyer and I was going to go to Notre Dame University. Those were my goals. By the time sophomore year came around, I was looking at Wentworth College and I was considering getting into construction. What a fucking idiot. Now I go around to all these big schools. You know, I, I fucking uh, go to these games. Go to like an LSU game or a Georgia Bulldog game, Ohio State, Michigan. Just go to these fucking things. And you just see these kids. I hope the kids appreciate it. Maybe that's what, you know, I think maybe you have to be like me to really fucking appreciate how awesome it is to go to a school that has such an insane fucking sports program. You, this is what I'm jealous about those college kids. Is that for the rest of their lives, they can kind of stay connected to their college by following the teams. And if they ever want to have like a mini reunion with their tailgate friends, you just pick a game once a year and you go to it and have a great fucking time. You know? Oh, Jesus, did I fuck up. It's making me sad. Um. (laughs) But You know what makes me happy, everybody? Never having to go to the post office again. Huh? Oh, that was a nice segue. Stamps.com, everybody. You, uh, postage meter companies used to have to uh, have the monopoly on printing postage. They could charge you an arm and a leg to print postage from your own office, but those days are over. Now you can use Stamps.com instead. With Stamps.com, um, you can get all the benefits of a postage meter, but at the fraction of the cost. All you need to do, all you need is your computer, printer, and stamps.com to get official U.S. postage for any letter or any package, any class of mail. Plus, you'll never have to set, step foot in the post office again. Um, everything you would need to do at the post office, you can do right from your own desk. It's so convenient. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. If somebody as dumb as me can use stamps.com, you know, to send out my DVDs, to all my wonderful shows. Um, look, if I can figure it out, so can you. So don't be intimidated. Don't be an old fuddy daddy like me. Like, well, I've always gone to the post office and I still want to go because it's comfortable. Step outside your comfort zone and improve your quality of life. Right now, use my last name Burr. B-U-R-R for this special offer. No risk trial plus $110 bonus offer. It includes a digital scale and a $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr. B U R R that's stamps.com. Enter Burr. All right. Back to the podcast. Don't save. There we go. Where the hell am I? All right, let's uh, let's get to reading some of your questions for this week. Um, <clears throat> oh, I didn't I never finished that story. So we get done. Um, we, we go we did Athens the first night. Down, uh, what is that? It's northeast of Atlanta. First day we went to the basketball game. The next day the tour starts, right? Now we have to go to work. Pay for all the fucking money we spent the night before. I don't I don't think at the end of this, I don't think I made any money. But I had a great fucking time. All right? Um, ugh, my quarterly taxes are due. This is going to be a rough one. Somebody's going to be eating Fruit Loops. Um, <laughs> so we do Athens, Georgia first. Right? And we're all fucking giddy, just freaking out. We do the gig. Have a great time. This beautiful theater. I really don't have any funny fucking stories because everything just worked out this week. Um, It was a Tuesday night. The place was packed. Um, What happened on that show? Nothing. We just had a great time. I did have to get into it with one guy. One guy just kept screaming and yelling. He was too excited. So I went off on him, and I ended it with, I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite possibly one of the funniest things one grown man could say to another one. I am ashamed of you. Um, then we got off. We got on the bus because we were, uh, we were driving up to, uh, oh, did we stay on the bus that night? No, 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 no. We, we drove up to, to Hoover, Alabama. Alabama. Oh, all right. Now I can take you through the week. So we we go up to Hoover, Alabama, to play the stadium. The next night, we go up there. Fucking Alabama, by the way, absolutely beautiful fucking state. I would retire. I'm actually thinking about retiring there, for the simple fact nobody fucking retires there. You've never heard that in your life. People retire where they go out west. Everybody goes to fucking Arizona. Right. And out east, everybody goes to Florida. The Midwest people, they they retire in the Carolinas. All right. Nobody fucking retires. Nobody from outside of Alabama retires in Alabama. Hence, you can get like 90 acres for about sixty seven dollars. Go out there, get me a spread. Right. I don't know. I couldn't get a direct flight anywhere. That would suck unless I was going to Mississippi. But who cares at that point? I think that that's what you do is you you fucking you go to really expensive fucking places like New York, L.A., Chicago, and you bust your fucking ass your whole fucking life. You make a bunch of goddamn money. And then in the end, you retire to a beautiful state that nobody wants to go to for some stupid fucking reason. And then all the all the uh, assets that you've accrued, you sell those things and they're worth three times as much down in fucking Alabama. You just retire there. Get yourself a giant fucking dish. You get all the sports channels. It's not like they don't have food down there, you know? And then pick a school, Alabama or Auburn. Crimson Tide or War Eagle. And enjoy yourself. Just a good old boy. Right? So then we did Hoover, Alabama. And this is the best part. Right after Hoover, Alabama, we had to be in Columbia, South Carolina the next night. Which I've never been to. So... It was one of those deals where it was the second the show was over, we got on the bus and, and we just started driving. And uh, we got a bottle of Makers and we just started pouring drinks. We popped in fucking man, watched that, laughed our asses off. And uh, I don't know, we just polished off the bottle somewhere about four or five hours into the fucking trip. By the way, we're supposed to be sleeping. We're supposed to be sleeping, and the bus driver who slept during the day—he's supposed to be up driving, you know. So we get about four hours into this eight-hour trip, and we pull the guy pulls over the bus and he goes, "Look, uh, he's like, we're going to get there too early, you know, for when we check in at the hotels, you know." So we just got to kind of chill here for a minute, sleep on the bus, and we're like, "Yeah, cool, no worries." So he goes just—he goes to bed. I'm going to bed. He goes to bed. And we keep fucking drinking somewhere in the middle of that. Me and Verzi get into this giant fucking New York, Boston argument. That I think went on for like 40 fucking minutes. It was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And then got real for like three minutes and then got hilarious again. Um, So fucking stupid. People from those two cities will never get along. And then finally, I don't know what happened. At like 5 in the morning, I was just like, guys, I got to go to bed. Right? Verzi and fucking Lawhead are like, yeah, no worries. No worries, right? So I fucking go back and in the back, go to bed. And uh, evidently, Verzi and Lawhead just kept going. (laughs) The bus driver wakes up at like 8.30 in the morning comes from the back, walks up to the front of the bus, opens the door, and he sees fucking Lawhead and Verzi still, st- still sitting there drinking. And he goes, man, you got to be fucking kidding me. And uh, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but this bus driver has seen a lot of shit. He's driven a lot of people. So to get this guy to be like, man, you got to be shitting me, was was a major fucking accomplishment. Uh. I'll take you through the tour real quick. So then the next night, we, were, uh, we drove into uh, Columbia, South Carolina, which is, from what I hear, just like Savannah, Georgia, except nicer, as the people there said. And um, I don't know. I got up around like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock or some shit, and I just walked two miles from where we parked a bus outside the hotel and I went down to the whole old area of uh of south carolina columbia south carolina it was fucking insane this is a place where like bankers retire after they steal money for 60 years they fucking i was sitting there walking down the street and um there's some horse-drawn like carriage thing that people are like taking a uh, a tour of the area and all these old homes the lady has the uh the rebel confederate hat on minus the flag right and she's like, if y'all look over there, that house is for sale for $9 million. <laughs> <laughs> this old ass fucking house, and I'm looking at it, like, probably 100 to 150 years older than my house. This thing maybe is from the early 1800s, right? And uh, if not the 1700s. And I'm just thinking of all the bullshit that I've gone through with my house that's 90 years old. And that's all I saw. I'm like, you're going to pay fucking $9 million for that? Really? That's what you're going to do? And you're going to be out fucking, you know, with the movies and a pipe is going to burst and you're going to have to deal with that bull. Go fuck yourself. If you pay $9 million for a house, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. All right? You're in banking. That's what I would guess. You're either in banking or you worked for insurance companies and collected premiums and then when people's fucking gallbladders bursted you didn't give him the fucking money either did that or you invented the Floby. other than that i don't know how you either just straight up steal shit legally or you fucking uh you come up with just some dumb shit the jack chop right some sort of thing to chop up lettuce you know or make fat people more comfortable that's another one right all right here we go um In limbo. Hey, Bill, I'm 22 years old from the suburbs, lawn guy land, the youngest of four, and I guess you could say I'm the black sheep of the family. I didn't go to college after high school, mainly because I had no clue what I wanted to do, and I didn't see how spending three grand at a shitty community college would help me figure that out. Three grand? Dude, see, now that's where you want to go to college, where it's three grand. You come out of there, you're not swimming in debt, but you have no team to follow. Um, anyways, however, I'm a decent musician and have acted in a friend's student films, and people told me I'm somewhat talented in that area. For The past years or so, I've become clinically depressed. I feel that there isn't much left for me here, and I'm sick of my friends. I was thinking about moving to L.A. with a friend and his brother. I'm hoping I can find some things out there, and just mainly to get away from the life I have now. Also looking forward to all the low self-esteem, struggling actress ass I've heard so much about. Um, However, over that last year or so, my relationship with my family has not been going so well. Should I stick around and work on my life here and put the pieces back together or go out there and meet some new people and have some new experiences? Yeah, fucking come out to L.A. Or wherever the hell you want to go. I think you're depressed because you're in a circle of people that are all following the same fucking lead buffalo over over that cliff all right you're still gonna go over a cliff as we all do but you want to be following a buffalo that's going in the fucking direction you want to go to oh my god he's using animals as a metaphor um sir i would say I, i mean if you're clinically depressed i mean i don't know if you have something fucking like uh like you know chemically going on i can't help you with that but if you're just fucking depressed because you know doing what all your friends and family is doing, and it's just soul-sucking every goddamn day, I can help you with that, all right? If you're clinically fucking depressed, I mean, you need to see a doctor or some shit, you know? I don't know. See what sort of witchcraft he can offer you. But if you're just fucking depressed, I mean, I would definitely uh, go for a change of scenery. Um but I would also say if you're stepping into the, to a life of the arts, like you, you, really, you have to have a game plan the same way somebody who's going to become a banker does. Like a banker goes, okay, um, I'm going to join this evil business and I'm going to make as much fucking money as I possibly can. And if I have to make old people who actually fought for this country have to eat alpo. For the rest of their fucking lives. Because we're going to rape and pillage their 401ks. Um, this is These are the steps I need to do. One. Shut off all feelings for other human beings. You know they, they make a list. <laughs> Justify my evil by saying I'm a small part of the bigger evil. But my evil is actually a very low level of evil. Amongst the ridiculous level of evil. Um. No, like as far as what I did um, when I became a comedian was I just there were just very small steps. One, sit down and write jokes. Two, sign up for open mic. Three, have the balls to go up there when they call your name. Four, no matter how bad or good it goes, sign up for another open mic. And just, I just kept I just kept you know you kind of if you look too far down the fucking road it's going to become overwhelming when when you when you're going after something like that you just handle what you can handle that day and um I I w- I would do that I can tell you that if you're going to just start being a stand-up comedian LA is a really hard place to start you kind of want to have your act together and have a little bit of momentum when you go out there um but if if you want to act and be an actor, I mean, there's that's where there's a ton of work. But, um, you know, I don't know when you're going to go out to L.A., but I'm sure wherever you live at, there's, there's some sort of place where you can start taking acting classes, which is probably what I would do, you know? Um, look, if you just need to change the scenery and you want to go out in the fun and the sun and go live down on the beach – um, Los Angeles and greater Los Angeles, like south of there and everything, is one of the great places you could ever live in your life. I know there's a ton of traffic, but still, some of the most beautiful women you're ever going to see. You know, and if you get outside of L.A., most of them aren't even in the business, so now they're just a beautiful woman on a beach, you know? And if that doesn't pick up your spirits, I don't know what will. But, um, you know, if you seriously want to become an actor and that type of thing, I wherever you're at, I would start taking some acting classes to see if you actually do have a knack for it, Slash if you have a passion for it, do you go down there, you start acting, and then that makes you want to read some plays or it makes you want to go rewatch some movies to learn if you if you get like the bug you know and you really feel like this is something you want to pursue um, then I would work my ass off on that when you when I felt like I had my act together and I maybe done a play or two uh go out to l a get yourself a fucking agent or and welcome to this fucked up business. <laughs> Well, <laughs> like I've always said, if a jackass like me can get anywhere, so could you. Um, all right. Next one. Uh, follow up to last week's miserable law student and some ass kissing. All right. Well, I'm going to go blow past the fucking ass kick- kissing. We'll read uh, a follow up. Uh, Bill, first off, I'm sorry about the length of this email. I know you are busy. Look, you don't have to sugarcoat it. You just write, Bill, sorry about the length of this email. I know you suck at reading out loud. Anyways, I am a lawyer, and this is just how I write and think. I implore you to take 10 minutes to read it. <laughs> you know what? When anybody uses the word implore, and just because you said you're a lawyer, I just pictured you, you, you're speaking to the jury, and you just clapped both your hands together, like clasped them together. I implore you to look at the evidence. Uh, whatever. That I am generally thinking you are... Thinking, thanking you for being a good man. If you want to use some of it or all of it, feel free. If not, then no hard feelings. I promise not to show up to your house The money. All right. Okay. Last week, you read a letter from a kid who finished his first year of law school who was trying to decide whether to drop out. He noted that he hated law, law school, and was unhappy. You told him to walk away. Speaking as an attorney with 10 years, 100 trials, murders, rapers, you name it, please let me say this. Your advice was spot on. Oh my God, I thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to be like, listen, law school is terrible. But once you get out of it and get into the exciting world of sitting next to a rapist who you know did it, but for some reason you have to defend him, um, it makes it all worthwhile. Um, In my line of work, we use the term jaded. Jaded is the state uh, where an attorney no longer gives a shit about his clients. He simply does his job out of obligation and the need to bring in a paycheck. Dude, how the fuck can you be in that mindset when somebody's freedom is on the line? Dude, I swear to God, life is so fucking scary. Once again, one of the dumber things I've said. No, nothing will ever be dumber than when I was on Joe Rogan's podcast and I whatever the fuck I said about science. Science is, like, fascinating. <laughs> it's neat. I said something really stupid like that. Science is, like, amazing. Um, listen listen to the Joe Rogan experience, by the way. Uh, or reach out to one of his listeners. and I'm sure they can tell you where it is in that podcast where I said it. It's, it's really, it was so dumb I wasn't even embarrassed. I almost felt like, uh, I felt a freedom. You know, almost like I was, like, someone, if they come out of the closet... You know, I was coming out of the closet of stupidity. I was tired of pretending to be this person that I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Is he in the closet stupid or is he out of the closet? He's out of the closet. He announced to the world. Like that Ellen, remember that? Yep, I'm gay. I I should have been on the cover of Time Magazine. Yep, I'm stupid. Right? Shrugging. Fucking little mixer in front of me as I record the podcast. All right, Bill, we get it. Okay, I have 15 cases tomorrow, this lawyer says. Each of which is a human being facing prison, some for decades. The truth is that I don't give a shit about a single one. Oh, my God. I'll do my job, but be it via the path of least resistance. I just want to get back to my office and check LATimes.com. I should probably offer some excuse, but I won't. Truth is that every criminal defense attorney gets this way within three years of passing the bar. Wow, are you just speaking for yourself and thinking it's everybody? Are you serious? Oh my God, God help me if I ever have to fucking go to get a defense attorney. Jesus Christ. Anyways, between my first and second years of law school, I learned that I love commercial aviation. Oh, so here it is. So, no, dude, th- th- you can't tell, you can't say all lawyers are like this. You wanna be a pilot, right? Wait a second. He says, not flying, but rather the aircraft itself. I love every little nook and cranny, every little screw and spring, but I ignored my passion and pressed forward. Instead of following a dream and moving to Seattle where Boeing is based, I took a big paycheck as a public defender. Every day now I look in the mirror and wonder what could have been. All right. Wait a minute. Okay, so you well, then you can't lump all attorneys because some people it's their dream to be an attorney. And they want to go there, and they want to do something well. I know, I know a couple of great attorneys. I have a great attorney. The guy's a fucking animal. He's up there prowling the stage, killing the crowd, but doing it in a legal, in a legal field. Ah, dude, this kills this. this fucking kills me. In all, in all seriousness, this kills me like nothing else. Hearing stories of people wanting to do other things, and they're not doing it. Dude, what's to stop you from quitting right now and just doing it? It's not like you're 80. Anyways, between my first and second years of law school, I learned that I love commercial. I already read that part. Sorry. Um, The sad truth is that the law student who emailed you will not listen to your advice. He'll finish. Now, that's not true, sir. Let's not superimpose your life. But okay, he'll finish law school since he's already committed. If you ever get the chance, tell him that. After he ignores you, he does not need to practice law. A law degree opens a ton of doors. But the minute you take the bar, you commit yourself to a life of pain and unhappiness. I'm not kidding. Of the 100-plus lawyers I know, not a single one likes their work. Every one of them will tell you not to go to law school. Walk away from the bar. Go become a broker. Go teach at a JC, junior college. Go work for a business Open a spearfishing business in Bali, whatever. Just don't go and take the bar. There are two reasons I'm writing you today. The second, that I want to commend you and say that you are not a cunt. Um, You speak your mind using language you choose. You followed your close path and have made the sacrifices necessary to later reap the rewards. But more than that, you have integrity and honor. And for that, I thank you. Jesus, dude, don't put me on that pedestal. I'm a fucking moron. Um, And I have regrets, too. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and start screaming like Ron Burgundy, trying to fucking get those (laughs) thoughts of regret out of my head. We all have regrets, sir. And it's not too late for you to move to fucking Seattle. You know what's stopping you from moving to Seattle? One conversation with the fucking people you work with and a couple of suitcases that need to be filled. That's it. Who gives a fuck? I'll tell you, dude, if you, you, should, you should follow your heart, man. And it's not too late. And I don't give a fuck if you got kids and you're married. Move them. Right? Just move them up there. Save up some money. Fucking move up there. Live a little more modest. It's a beautiful part of the country. And, uh, you know, your kids will watch. They'll see somebody pursuing a dream. You'll be in a better mood. You'll be a better husband and father if you're married. All right. And if you're single, you got no fucking excuse. All right. Pack up all your three piece Matlock suits (laughs) and go to Seattle. Anyways, a few months back, a listener wrote about how his girlfriend was upset because he went to a strip club and put oil on a woman's tits. Your response was telling. Your advice was to reverse the situation in his mind, then apologize. It was brilliant. It was the advice that one man gives to another. I could come up with countless examples, but they'd all be saying the same thing. You tell your listeners to be fair and honest with their women. Do I? I always think I come off as a misogynistic douchebag there. You tell the sad and depressed to try to get out and then seek help if unable. You tell your young to save their money and you tell people not to use drugs, but for legitimate reasons. I'm I could go on and on but I'd be repeating the point. Sad point is that your podcast demonstrates what it is to be a good man. Jesus Christ. I wish Nia was listening to this shit. She'd be laughing her ass off. I appreciate this. He said, "You sir are a good man. Never let that voice in your head tell you otherwise." Well, listen. You uh I don't know It's killing me that you that people like yourself you, you're act like you're acting like wherever you live between you and Seattle, like you're in, you're behind, you know, the old fucking Eastern block. And there's a bunch of guard towers, you know, and there's some sort of war zone between you and Seattle. There isn't, you know, sir, you could actually practice law in Seattle, you know, if you just wanted to make money on the side, you know, this, listen, sit down tonight. And figure out a fucking way to get your ass to Seattle. And I guarantee you, when you sit down and you start writing it out, your game plan, you're going to feel the excitement that, you, that you're that you missing being a lawyer. And being a lawyer is not a bad job. It's just not what you were supposed to do. Okay? Because I guarantee you, the same way you look at an airplane and you love every screw, every spring, every nook and cranny of an aircraft, there's lawyers Who They love the smell of a courtroom. They love that big wooden fucking desk. They love the closing argument. They love that moment of turn, you know, whatever, where you're just fucking flipping around on the other guy. You know? They love defending. They love prosecuting. They love the fucking sound of their shoes walking across the courtroom. They love it. They fucking love it. You do not love it. So my advice to you is um, get your fucking ass to Seattle. All right. Jesus Christ. Who gives it? What, what are you worried about, sir? You're not going to have you're not going to have. Uh, what are you not going to have? Flat screen TV doesn't cost shit. Now you'll have enough. Dude, as long as you're willing to make the fucking sacrifice, you can make it happen. All right. What, what's the matter? What do you, you You know? Oh, oh, I have to eat fucking grape nuts every day. Who gives a fuck? You know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for, for lunch. Who gives a fuck? You know? Watch this thing on 60 Minutes about fucking boy soldiers. People, kids getting kidnapped, turned into murderers. You know, don't even have a fucking childhood. They get sucked right into fighting a goddamn war, following this goddamn, basically the closest thing to a zombie I've ever seen in my life. And their whole lives get fucking ruined. You know, you're a lawyer in a free country who wants to move to Seattle. Don't fucking disappoint me. You better write me back and tell me you're in Seattle. All right? But please, for the love of God, (laughs) don't ever become a jaded pilot. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so fucking bored with flying. I just have this feeling that I just want to push the fucking, what is it, the yoke? Whatever the fuck, the goddamn stick. Sometimes I feel like I just want to push it forward. Um, Crazy X, Billiam. Catching up on the podcast, and you just told a story about a woman you used to date that threatened to kill you and then made a tin of brownies. Yeah, she said she was going to stab me. She didn't say fatally. Um, That's where you ended the story. Dude, how did you finally get rid of her? In case you're wondering, yes, my life is that dull that I actually give a shit how the story ends. Um, No, I did kind of leave you hanging. How did I get rid of her? Um... I was really young and naive and this is what she would do. She would call me up and I would pick up the phone. This is before caller ID and shit. So I'd pick the phone up and it would be her and then I would be, listen, I don't want to talk to you and then she'd start crying. And I was an idiot because I thought she was crying legitimately. I didn't realize that it was a manipulation tactic to make me feel bad and make me feel like I'm a fucking bully. So I'd stay on the phone talk her down and be nice to her where she wasn't crying anymore. And then we would end with a nice ending to the phone conversation. But in her psycho stalker world, that meant that we were somehow still connected and back together. And then she would call me again. And I would say, listen, I don't want to talk to you. Then she'd start crying. It was this fucking circle that I couldn't get out of. Cycle, I should say. Um... You know, funny, ever since Dan Cook's Vicious Circle came out, I never say Vicious Cycle anymore. It was a, it was a cycle I could not get out of. Um, so finally, my manager at the time just says, listen. Because I said, what the fuck do I do? He goes, listen, when she calls, you pick up the phone. If it's her, just hang up. Just hang up. And that's what I just started doing. I would pick up the phone, and she'd be like, Billy? And I would just click. i just fucking, i just hang up. And, uh, within 10 days, she stopped fucking calling me. I mean, granted, at that point, I was living on the other side of the country for half of the fucking time. But I just kept, I just kept hanging up. And, um, I did have the advantage, like I said, of not still being in the same city. But what you have to do is, if if you have a girl like that, is you just, or a guy. Well, a guy is different. I really feel bad for women when it comes to shit like that. Because guys, um... You know, I guess there are women out there that actually take it to some ridiculous violent level, but obviously guys do it more often but I, I'm so this is my advice for guys if you have some crazy lady in your fucking life, that's what you do. you just gotta you can't give them anything because people like that you give them one little fucking ray of light they latch onto that, and they think you guys are getting fucking married or some shit um all right, that's the crazy X that's how it ended. I just stop fucking it's not really exciting I just kept fucking hanging up on her and eventually she went away and every once in a while uh she would try to fucking reach back out and I just just no just nothing beat it leave me alone <laughs> I think she reached out and tried to friend me on MySpace a long time ago and I just did not accept it and then that's the last I ever heard of her that's how you do it um all right cancer lady question Morning, Bill. Big fan. Go fuck yourself. I've got myself into an inevitable situation and now need some advice on how to get myself out of it. A few months back, I started seeing this girl who, a few weeks in, found out she could potentially have cancer. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, dude. Wow. I wasn't, that into the, I wasn't that into this girl to begin with, but figured I'd have some fun, and when the time came to end it, I would. But after she told me about the possible cancer diagnosis, I felt bad for wanting to end it. So like an idiot, I stuck around. Oh, Jesus. Well, I, if you're young, I can't fault you for that. You know, you, you, now you think you're fucking doing her, you're doing her a favor. You're actually making it worse. Oh, oh, my God, dude. I'm getting like deuce chills. How do you get out of this? Uh, Because no matter what, it's going to make it seem like you left because she had cancer. Anyways, a few months have passed and the cancer scare is over. But now I'm stuck in this situation. No, you're not. That's your green light. Fucking screen door is open. Run out of there. Needless to say, she's a lot more into this relationship than I am. And I just want out and away from her maniac kids ASAP. Dude, I bet you fucking dimes to dollar there was no cancer fucking scare. I bet she did that to suck you into the fucking relationship. I saw a thing on TV the other day, and you know, God knows if you see it on TV, it's got to be true. Some woman did that. Told everybody that she was dying of cancer, including her fucking boyfriend. The fuckhead went ahead and married her. Idiot. Anyways, he said, is there a smooth way out of this clusterfuck without making it obvious that I only stuck around because of the cancer? Is there a good exit strategy? Thanks for the help and come to Toronto soon, asshole. Um, there's no smooth way out of a fucking relationship. There isn't. You just have to sit down and say, listen, we need to talk. And then they go, okay. And you say, listen, I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I think you're a great person and everything, but I'm just not feeling like you're the one. Boom. Right there. What did that take? Eight seconds to say that? You just say it. You just say it. Just say it and just get it out there. And then the, let the fucking chips fall. She's going to cry. She might scream. She might throw shit at you, you know. Neighbors will be peeking through their curtains, but just say that, okay? She might try to get you to fucking go back in, you know, manipulate. Well, maybe we can work it out. Would you want to talk to somebody? Maybe we can talk to somebody about it. No, I just, this is truly what I'm feeling, and it isn't fair to you for me to continue sticking around. It's just preventing you from meeting the person you're supposed to be with And myself also. I'm sorry. I feel horrible, but I have to be honest with you. And you can't fuck with that. And then you're out. I mean, no, you're not out. you got to sit through another 180 minutes of fucking histrionics and everything. But but you're out, okay? And you just sit down and you tell yourself, sir, that you know what? Today at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm talking to my girlfriend, soon to be my ex-girlfriend. And you know what? From 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock is going to suck fucking donkey fucking balls. All right? But 501 on is going to be great. All right? This is like you're a fucking junkie. I saw that on uh, 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 Dr. Um, One of those fucking doctor shows. The fuck is it? I can't remember shit anymore. He was basically talking about how addicts will go through fucking eight, nine, ten years of hell because they don't want to go through ten days of of, of detox. Rather than dealing with ten days of fucking retching and vomiting and feeling like like your fingernails hurt, 10 days of that, you're going to go through 10 days of hell and be living out on a fucking street just to avoid those 10 days of fucking withdrawals. That's what you're doing if you stay in a fucking relationship you don't want to be in. All right? Just get the fuck out. Get out now and make me proud. All right. Dilemma. Dear Bill, your Monday morning podcast has become religion over the past five weeks. I came to see you at the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee a year ago or so, and have been a fan ever since. I just thought I might bring to your attention a question that my roommates and I disagree upon completely. Um, in a fight to the death against an opponent of equal size, strength, and skill, which weapon would you rather have on your side? A 20-ounce hammer with a nail-removing nail hook on the end or a 28-ounce Wooden Louisville slugger. The question is, that's not even, it's a joke. The question is, which is the better weapon? And your opponent is essentially you. The fucking Louisville slugger. Without a fucking doubt. The Louisville slugger, I can get you from a distance. What the fuck are you going to do with your hammer? You got a hammer, you got to get inside. Unless you're going to throw it at me. And I got a bat, I'll fucking hit it right back at you. I'll hit it over your head. Now you have no fucking weapon. And now I'm coming. Right, doing that fucking over under, over under, right in front of my face. I, I could, dude, I could literally have that thing. Okay, I bat, I bat, fucking right handed. There, the secret's over. You now know my stats. Throws right, bats fucking right. Um, drums right, plays guitar lefty, Right's lefty. I'm all over the fucking map. So I, fucking, I'd have it in my left hand, my my front hand. Like if I was up at bat and I would come in. Do a couple step in, step out, step in, step out, and then I just fucking whack you in your shin. And as you did that stupid little hop, I'm coming up top now. And I'm, I'm first, I'm doing short, quick ones, pop, pop, real quick, fucking you up so you can't, so, you know, so you don't catch the bat. And then as you really start getting fucked up, then I'm then now I'm going for a double. Then I'm going up the fucking goddamn warning track, and then that's it. And I'm swinging for a home run, and you're fucking done. Split your head like a fucking melon. Fuck you and, and, and your hammer. It's over. Um, whoever's picking the hammer is is thinking like, what would I rather get hit with? Once with a bat or once with a hammer? Hammer's made out of metal. Bat's made out of wood. What's the stronger fucking material? Obviously, a goddamn hammer, right? Metal. All right, but what they're not thinking about is the distance. You know what? Why don't you, why don't you, email, why don't you call on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast? Joe Rogan Experience. You'll be able to break that down. All right, people, you know what? That's the podcast said, for this week.
1: is to not let the boys in. Now the medicine man comes and he shuffles inside. He walks with a swagger and he says to the bride, stop all this weeping, swallow your pride. You will not die. It's not poison Mama's in the factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blue Well, John the Baptist, after torturing a thief Looks up at his hero, the Commander-in-Chief, saying, tell me, great hero, but please make it brief. Is there a hole for me to get sick in? The Commander-in-Chief answers him while chasing a fly, saying, death to all those who would whimper and cry. And dropping a barbell, he points to the sky, saying, the sun's not yellow, it's chicken. Mama's in the factory, she ain't got no shoes. Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food. I am in the kitchen with the tombstone blue. The king of the Philistines, his soldiers to save. Puts jawbones bones on their tombstones and flatters the graves. Puts the pie.